0: Hi, welcome to Proximity Health's Insights to Access podcast series. I'm Lee Blancet from Proximity Health, and today we want to address the most common question we get from all of our clients, which is how can we effectively engage with these unique and complex organizations that you call IDNs? There is no quick and simple answer to developing and implementing an IDN strategy, so we've divided the topic into two podcasts. This first session addresses organizational strategies, and the second session provides key success factors for Engagement. We're fortunate today to be joined by Michael Hillen, who is the principal behind Drivetrain Learning, a company that teaches account managers how to navigate the payer-provider landscape and engage with customers. Welcome, Michael. Perhaps you can take
1: a moment to describe your firm's mission and clients. Sure enough, Lee. Glad to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. So uh, my history is all in dealing with major accounts, large organizations that are complex, difficult to navigate, challenging to influence and rather difficult at times to discern who the decision makers are. It takes a lot to really get to know them and understand their business. So growing up in the pharma and biotech space, I had a chance to cut my teeth on some large payers and retailers and and IDNs and large provider groups across a multitude of of disease states. I started DriveTrain just over five years ago and uh, have had a barrel of fun helping people learn about major account management and some of those complexities We look at things through a a unique set of lenses from a competency standpoint, uh, where we don't just focus on selling a brand, but we really seek to help people understand the business model of the organizations they're engaging so that they can be better and more effective when it comes to uh, engaging those accounts and those stakeholders on needs that they're having. That helps people really understand the business model, and that's what really gets them inside the inner workings of the accounts to be more of value to those account stakeholders.
0: I want to talk a little bit about IDNs and the way they're organized and how to approach them today. So, you know, Proximity, we use the meme of an octopus to describe IDNs. And the idea behind this is it provides a sense of sort of, you know, the fact that you've got to be able to engage with multiple parts of the organization. And at the same time, as you're engaging with these, you need to keep in mind that the customer groups or the various tentacles in the octopus, as it were, within a network of hospitals, medical groups, and other provider types can be very, very heterogeneous. They can be pursuing different goals, they can be pursuing different objectives. So this requires engaging with both some of the traditional customers that all of us are accustomed to, which include doctors and pharmacists. But it also frequently means getting to know people in other organizations, including finance, operations, and even IT. We see a lot of silos here, we see a lot of lack of communications. In many cases, we know that some of the important organizations, including perhaps specialty pharmacy wings or finance, may be located in buildings five, 10 miles away from the main campus, and there may be almost no spontaneous interaction between these individuals. So we see this being a situation we need to have an approach that can address multiple different stakeholders within an organization and accommodate their different needs and their different preferences for our communications.
1: Lee, you bring up an interesting point when you talked about the varying departments that are not typically called upon, and that's one of the the primary tenets of our teaching and that is to get outside of the the brand focused or the molecule focused conversations and think about what's going on in that organization what they're up to and not only from the treating of disease which is obviously the primary reason you're even engaging with them in the first place but what are what else is that organization trying to get done what what initiatives are they undertaking that may or may not have a linkage to your molecule but may in fact provide you with topics to have for conversation so you understand better what they really are trying to accomplish, you may just uncover something that you could, in fact, support. And by getting away from the clinician, getting into the departments you mentioned, like finance is one that I think has a tremendous amount of influence in an organization, but so few people in the roles we're talking about ever really consider going there. And I think mostly because they're afraid of what they may get asked about and not have a good answer for, or they may not know what to talk about with them and i think all those things are founded upon this idea that all i can talk about is my product or my brand and so that limits what they can actually learn and understand and our approach to this and the way you were describing these varying departments and teams and the silos is look your organization's the same way it functions the same way as these folks do you, you there are things going on in your major pharma major biotech organization that you know nothing about yet it's it's a tremendous project that's driven at some senior level, you're just not a part of it. Well, the same thing goes for these IDNs. They may sit in silos, and I have countless examples from when I was growing up, calling on even just small Midwest located payer organizations where, I would be the one in the know and would introduce others in these payer groups to one another who were working on similar projects. That, to me, is the underpinning of a good account manager is to be able to navigate all sorts of teams and departments across an organization and assemble an aligned viewpoint. So we, we encourage people to be really curious about these organizations, to learn about them, what they're up to, and then to develop an informed point of view about the account where you can take that information to virtually anyone without even mentioning your product and without even having to have a really challenging conversation with them, where you can just be an intake. It can be an intake session. You're asking good questions that are informed based on what you learned in that organization. But I think the key you mentioned is the complexity and the fact that the spontaneity available is very much different than what you might see in going to a writer's office where you could see a doc and a nurse and a a reimbursement manager and an office manager all in one, one fell swoop. This type of role that you're describing in managing these accounts takes planning. So thinking about this at a
0: strategic level, we always like to encourage our client organizations to really organize around the customer IDN. So that, you know, you mentioned, for instance, being able to make sure the account manager can work across different entities. But when you're not just an account manager, you also have other folks from your company who are calling on that organization and trying to work with them. That really requires, in our view, a lot of coordination if you want to actually achieve the optimal results possible. So this means that you've got to have all of your different skill sets organized so that at the very least, you're all informed about what the other is doing. You make sure you don't have any inconsistencies in your messaging pull-through campaigns or some kind of a partnership arrangement are clearly communicated across not just your team but also the customer team so that you can have a consistent effort across the organization. We've also heard a couple of things from the pharmacist and the doctors over the years that are worth mentioning. I understand there are different viewpoints I like to hear your thoughts on this. We hear from some of our providers, actually most of our providers, that In fact, they prefer to see a limited number of individuals from a manufacturer. So they understand that there are different brand teams. If you have a large portfolio, you may have lots of sales reps and account managers rotating through an organization. At the end of the day though, they like to know who's on point. If they have a question, they want to know who to reach out. They like to know who's on point, who are the one or two people they should reach out to. How do you see our
1: clients need to organize in this way? That is one of the uh, most frequent topics that we run into with our clients these days, Lee, where we're getting asked to support either reorganization efforts through training, new commercial model development and launch, or an advancement of skill from the old branded mindset that features advantage benefit, selling to more of an account base or a consult type mindset. But the point of it all is you mentioned two things within this that are important one is how do you structure around it to me having a sort of structure where there's a single point person who owns the relationship at every level they then deploy or call in subject matter experts based on the needs of that organization as they uncover them and so rather than scattershot reps across all the clinics and all the pharmacists and all the different people that may be filling or writing or prescribing drugs you find out what exactly is the organization trying to get done at a higher level and then deploy teams where those needs are most urgent. To me, the better way to go is to have a single point person at a relatively senior level. So we're talking about people that have had some significant experience that understand the business side of healthcare, much more so than just the promotion or the marketing side. It's all about the business side. There's a tremendous amount of finance that needs to come in, understand the overall marketplace, all the policies that are in play, I mean, as you know, that seems to be changing daily. And so just keeping track of all that and being articulated in it is very important. So that's one reason is to have that set up such that there's a single point that not only the account can count on and they can go to one card and know exactly who to go to or to call, but also honestly leave from inside your own company, knowing who it is that owns Mayo Clinic or Duke Health down here where I live. Having that knowledge is really important as opposed to having to go to 17 different reps who call on different sets of clinics because of the different product that they're carrying, or even a package group of, of account managers who may carry a set of oncology products or a set of gastrointestinal products or whatever it may be, having that one person that owns the overall relationship. And that does another thing that you mentioned, which is the consistency of message. It allows you to be consistent with your approach to that organization and help them work in partnership with you along a larger plan. It may in fact include sales representatives calling on the individual clinics around an IDN, but it also may include places where they don't need that much support or where they'd prefer you not be involved. One thing I always like to do with my accounts, and again, I called on payers. When I knew they were going into a PT and t committee round, if it had a product of mine they're gonna review, I said, hey, I'd love to know when you're gonna review my products and I'll be setting up a cot in your lobby So make sure I'm there as you need support and help or insight. And I'll then bring in my MSL or my medical affairs person to help with the clinical side that I can't get into, but I'm there to help with any contracting questions or any financial questions. Likewise, when you're reviewing classes of drugs where I don't play, I'll leave you alone. You won't see me. I'm going to be respectful of you. So I think in the same way, Lee, once we, we show these organizations that we're with them, we can really find great ways to partner along with them and show that mutual respect. And I think, Ultimately, that's what it boils down to is being having mutual respect. We have to earn it by showing respect to them. And part of that is by saying, here's who your one contact is with my company.
0: When you say one contact, what level? You said earlier, perhaps a senior sort of person. Is this a senior account executive? Is this a regional manager? What kind of level do you typically see as being most appropriate, or does that vary among IDNs?
1: I think it varies amongst for for a couple reasons. One, I think it will vary based on the size of the pharma or biotech companies. If they have a singular product that is in a a relatively lower-priority disease area, it's difficult for me, and we may get into this later, Lee, because I know you have an opinion on this. It's difficult for me to justify sending them in with some skills to try to sell to the C-suite. If you've got one molecule and it's it's very low on their priority list, I'm challenged to say, go see them. So that type of person may, in fact, only need to be at a D-suite level or a VP. If you're, in fact, with a large biotech organization, a large multinational pharma manufacturer in the top 15 in the world, you're probably going to have someone that's at a director level. Some companies may refer to them as VPs, others directors. That second level of leadership experience is what I find to be the one that has the most capabilities at that level. It's not as if you have to bring in your CFO to call on Mayo or Duke. It's not that. But it is someone who can speak fluently, clearly beyond just a molecule and a brand. It's not about promoting the features, and advantages, the benefits, as we talked earlier. It's truly really about understanding the business of healthcare and how those two organizations can work together on mutually beneficial initiatives. So I think of things like Triple A and any of the components of the triple aim, those make sense to be able to have very open and clear dialogues with any idea and organization. But to have that, you have to have that experience and the knowledge of that yourself as a leader in your company. And that doesn't come with just a, a couple of training modules. It, it takes a lot of experience to truly understand it and to see where your company is going to help support that beyond the brands. So to me, it, it's going to vary by title and it's going to vary by the the girth of the portfolio. So the bigger the portfolio in the organization that they bring to the IDN to discuss, the more disease areas they hit, which means a bigger budget hit, and a broader swath of patients that they're seeking to impact, that to me justifies a higher level account manager, and I'll use that in air quotes here, that's going to engage that organization. To me, that's a director level role that should be taken very seriously in filling. Because not only do they need to manage, at least they do it right, the promotional side, they also have to have a pretty heavy influence on the medical side or the clinical side within their own company. They're not going to do a dual role, but they're going to be able to need to speak to it and identify initiatives that that side of the business should get involved with at that high level.
0: How would you recommend organizing around some of the very large multi-regional IDNs that are out there? You mentioned earlier Mayo, for instance, pretty tightly integrated across all their different locations, but you're still dealing with Mayo up in Minnesota, Wisconsin area, where they're a very spread out, very idn kind of organization, and then they're more compact and more focused in uh, Florida and Arizona, for instance. But you're still dealing with very
1: different organizations in each of those places, even though they're all Mayo. Yeah, it's it's a great question, and and I think it's, it's going to vary from company to company. My experience says, and, and I have a, a real-world experience from when I was growing up not in an IDN necessarily, but in a layer that had a centralized function in one city and then had multiple regional sites around the country that were very unique to each geography. Some of them were heavier in a lower income, particular demographic. Others were not, more employer-driven. And so each of them managed their business much differently. And so each of us that were regionally aligned had a dotted line to the national account director who called on the corporate level. I had my boss that was local to me, but when I was working with that national account director on that national plan for a local initiative where I called on the local payers, that that national payer was a big influencer, so I would have to work with the sales reps on those pull-through programs. So to me, it's a localized effort, but there's a centralized ownership at the national level. So for Mayo, as an example, to me, there would be someone located in, in Minnesota where that corporate is located, and they would have a team there that surrounds that organization and is calling on the clinics and then be dotted lines to each of the geographically dispersed locations of Mayo that would function as independent when it came to calling on those organizations, but they would basically pull through the initiatives and the strategies that were set by the national team that was organized in the national location. To me, it's having that national responsibility with that one person who then has a team around them for the local opportunities that are there and then geographic point person that's dotted line to that leader and how
0: do they communicate you got one person or a team i should say really working with Mayo on all its hospitals clinics and everything else up in minnesota and wisconsin and then you've got some folks down in the, the phoenix area and you've got some folks over in north florida how frequently do you communicate how do you communicate do you make sure you're all using the same collateral, for instance, or
1: same messages? So I think that's where the the marketing teams will come into play to ensure that whatever you're using from the company is consistent. To me, it's more dependent upon the needs of that particular locale. And so ideally, you're going to have a conversation at the corporate level and identify together what you're all trying to get done this year based on our analysis of you as Mayo Clinic. Here's what we think you're trying to accomplish, and here's how we believe that that trickles down to your regional locations. So based on what's going on here in Minnesota and what you're trying to accomplish corporately, we think those also apply in Arizona and in North Florida. Now, are there specific local initiatives that they would want to understand? Or as we've worked with those teams, here's what we're hearing they're working on that may be a little bit different. So to me, there's a degree of autonomy that should come by having engagement and the ability to converse with the leadership in each of those regional sites, but it also depends on how the company or the account, I should say, is organized. If they have centralized decision-making and they just push everything down and there is no autonomy locally, then to me, whoever's leading that national team is the one that would carry those messages forward. If there's autonomy at the local sites by the account, by the IDN, then there should be some ability to communicate with the local team uh, and then push that forward. So it it depends how the IDN wants to function. And that's a question I would want to know pretty early on. If I'm taking on a a Mayo or an organization like that, how do you want us to work with you? Do you have this ability to be autonomous or not?
0: Do they all need to have the centralized account management or some of them so loosely organized that you just continue to pursue what we like to call the ground war, which is basically account management and promotion occurring at the local level and little or no effort being expended upon the national or the
1: regional? That's another really good question to ask about perspective. I think, to me, I would still adhere to that centralized approach before I get complete clearance on there's virtually no synergies from centralized to regional. So to me, if the account says, look, we have no bearing on what they do, they can set their own formulary, they can make their own prioritization, we don't give them any goals. That, to me, really doesn't function as a an integrated organization at all. And to me, that's whatever the locality of that team is in terms of the the pharma or biotech they own that and they should run it as such as part of their priorities and, and responsibilities but if there's any semblance of co-ownership or partnership or working together coordination i guess is a better word from a centralized spot out to those regional locations to me it it, it would make more sense to have a centralized leader on the pharma and biotech side that covers all of that and then pushes that out or at least seeks to collaborate with their regional team members. To me, it's the go is goes to, to ask the account, let them tell you how they prefer to be engaged and then follow suit, let them lead you. And then as you see things working efficiently or not, then you can always bring that back in a review and say, hey, we started out this way, it doesn't seem to be working, can we make some changes or how would you see it working better? That way you have a reason to get back with them and have a conversation as well about the structure but it's letting them also lead.
0: Thanks, Michael. Wrapping up this first part of our series, I want to quickly review the key lessons addressing organizational strategies. First, commercial organizations need to be able to adapt their strategy to fit with an IDN's needs and preferences. It's important to note that this adaptation isn't an event. It's likely to be an ongoing process as the business environment changes, the customer's strategies and structures evolve, and as your own familiarity with the customer improves over time. Second, account teams need to understand each of their IDN customers' unique sets of goals and objectives, and identify opportunities where your organization can support the IDN's pursuit of these goals. Third, customer teams need to be headed by an individual who can successfully navigate across the organization, reaching out both to traditional customers as well as other organizations including operations, finance, and IT. Centralization is key. A single, probably director-level manager needs to serve as the key contact for the corporate-level relationship within the IDN and then coordinate with sales reps, MSLs, and other account managers to ensure that a company's activities are consistent with the IDN's preferences and to achieve the outcome outcomes. We think you'll enjoy our second podcast in the series addressing key success factors for engaging with IDNs.